0: Welcome to Two Peets in a Podcast, where we will talk about child health, from birth, right away through to adolescence, dealing with issues of illness, development, and everything else that is of importance.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Two Peets in a Podcast. Thank you for joining us last week. We did break it a bit short, and today we're continuing on with that uh, conversation with him
0: we got to the point where we were going into theater we've done all the pre-op things we're talking about anesthetics and then we we're, we're now going to talk about the operation itself
2: so intraoperatively well, uh, the first thing that's important is to understand this is the this is one of the few operations ever that's done where both the anesthetist who's putting your baby to sleep and I share the same airway. Why is this important? It's important because how do we keep your baby asleep while I operate in the same area because we still need to oxygenate your child. So to do this, we actually physically put in a tube into the child's throat so that we can get the child spontaneously breathing on their own. And while we actually can operate in the same space. So that goes into the throat,
0: down into the airway, and then puts air and oxygen directly into the lungs. Yes. So you can then, you're now operating above that area, and you can be aware of any secretions or any blood or anything that's possibly going down the airway. That's really what we're looking at. Yes.
1: So there's something called a laryngeal mask airway and then an, an endotracheal tube. The endotracheal tube goes through the vocal cords and they inflate it to keep it in place, and then the what the LMA that just sits in the in the the, back of the throat. Yeah, the back of the throat. So you would you rather use the the endotracheal tube through the lungs to close it off.
2: Yes. In in, in in our surgery because we need access to those areas, an LMA relies on the seal of the entire throat yep. over the voice box which means those areas would be cut off from a surgical point of view. So an endotracheal tube is a small little tube that goes directly through the voice box into the airway or, or into the trachea and we have a full view of vision but like Simon says, I maintain that space now. Mm-hmm. I make sure no secretions go down into the stomach or into the airway and while we're operating. Okay. So the first thing is, which method is your surgeon familiar with? And this is where over the years, as much as things have improved, things have gone back to the, to the same old, same old. Is the operation safe? Yes, the operation's safe whether you're using the old technique of what we call cold steel cold steel to the newer ones where we're using all various newer type of uh, ones and devices ah uh, the uh, uh, is the operation the same the answer is very simply the operation is the same so why then all the technology the technology is designed simply to limit one thing and that's to try and decrease the post operative pain that the child may experience in various hands and in various studies there's been shown to be no real difference, but however, with the newer devices, we seem to find that the pain can be decreased from as little uh, or, or, or decreased post-operatively by as much as 30 to 50% compared to the traditional cold steel that we used to use. And these have now become en vogue around the world. So which are these devices? We've moved on from a laser. The common one that's used now is something called a coblator. And how this works is it's basically a chemical reaction with water at the surface of the tissue, and that's how it cuts. And the one I use is called a, th- uh, a thermal fusion uh, coblator in that it basically uses heat energy just to cut between the tissues. So theoretically, what are we doing? Your tonsils are two little grapes that lie on the side of your throat and they lie on a muscle bed. The lining of the throat covers both the muscle and it now covering the tonsil. So to remove the tonsil, we need to make an incision above in that lining and below in that lining. And all we're really doing from a, a understanding point of view is we're taking a grape if it's lying on a tablecloth on a table or, or on some surface, we're literally pulling it from the top to the bottom away from that surface and all we're leaving behind in the throat on either side is an area of muscle where the lining now that would normally be there has been taken away. So
0: it's literally you taking the tonsil out in a whole piece, like taking a, the nut out of an avocado. The whole thing comes out in one piece. That's the idea? Yes. And then you've got this... Fairly raw muscle bed because obviously the lining that was there has now been disturbed because you've taken the tonsil away. So that's a bit like if you fall on the tarmac on the tar and you get a heck of a roasty on your arm. Yes. That wound that is like raw and that's kind of what it's looking like at that tonsil bed at the time.
2: Yes, and that's exactly what it is. And then there's always a question uh, intraoperatively: Do we stop bleeding? Yes, Com- compared to conventional years that happened many years ago, they wouldn't bother to stop bleeding. They would uh, allow the patient just to be turned on their side. Today, intraoperatively, we take it to the point where there is absolutely no blood before we actually wake up uh, your child. So if you wake up, but it's and, not a very bloody procedure, is it? No, with these new devices, Simon, you're absolutely right. It, uh, to be, to give an idea. I can virtually remove some tonsils today, virtually bloodless. Yes. So we call it almost a bloodless technique now compared to the old days. Yes. And because you're doing it under direct vision, you can literally
0: see exactly what you're doing. Even though the baby child's mouth is so small, you can see it. You can follow it exactly. There's nothing blind about this procedure for you.
2: No. No. Everything is done under vision in a controlled circumstance. I control both the breathing of the child and the surgical field. So I'm aware of everything under direct vision.
0: Okay. Okay. So then the tonsils are now out. Uh, There's no bleeding. So that's your cue to go, Seth, anaesthetist. I'm finished. Yes. And now they will wake the child up. Mm -hmm. In other words, what they do then is they just stop the anesthetic gases and they just run the oxygen So the gases are not going to the baby anymore. The child, therefore, will start to wake up. They will then wait until the child is sufficiently rousable, opening the eyes, murmuring, obviously breathing by themselves. And only then do they take the tube out, the breathing tube, correct? Yes. And in all of that time, somebody is standing there with a suction device, making sure that any of the saliva or the secretions that are collecting
2: don't go down the airway. Yes. So we, it is, it is also what we call the controlled extubation, where we make sure the child is completely awake. And with these newer gases and these newer drugs, the child is put to sleep faster and, but uh, also wakes up much faster than the older gases that we used to use, like halothane and things. Clearly it's not important, but it is still important to understand that your child will wake up much faster. But only thing was is the this experience of this arousal feeling of delusion or waking up. Or, or The best way I describe it is if you've taken a sleeping tablet and somebody wakes you up in the middle of the night while you're under the effects of a sleeping tablet, you won't be uh, orientated to where you are in it. It takes a little while. And this is exactly what happens to these kids post-surgery. They just have no idea where they are and what's actually going on with them. So if they cry, they're not in pain. They just disorientated to, uh, uh, is, is to the environment in which they find themselves.
0: Because your anesthetist also will give pain relief during the operation that will be working when the child wakes up. So yes. that, that the control, the pain will be controlled
2: yes. as much as possible. People need to understand in an anesthetic, we give pain medication during the operation and that will last us post surgery as well. So, Anesthetic doesn't mean no pain medication. Anesthetic means a lot of pain medication intraoperatively to dampen any response as we operate. And postoperatively, if they're experiencing anything, it covers them as well.
1: I think it's also important to note that while you're asleep, you do still feel pain. Yes. So the the, the gases that we use yes. do not take away the pain. So we need to give pain medication as
2: well. Yes, So we do for give. That that's for that reason.
0: So what? just the last point around this then before is about how long will it take? Parents also always want to know, how long is it going to take, Doctor?
2: So I always tell them, this is not a Formula One race. Well, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, essentially, it's more like a marathon. We start, the entire procedure is based on one, one word only, and that is safety, safety, safety. So... It is not a speed race. It is done purely with the child in mind and safety in mind. So it takes us as long as it takes to put the child to sleep. It takes us as long as it takes to put the, to do the surgery. And it takes us as long as it takes to wake the child up. On average, I would say this takes about 30 minutes from beginning to end. From beginning so, so to from end. From
1: the time that the child arrives in theater or in, in the theater room yes. to them leaving the theater room.
2: Yes, it's on average, it's about 30
0: minutes. Because Michael's right. What Michael's referring to is that if you're the parent and you see your child go into the theater complex, understand that there's a whole lot of documentation that has to happen. The child's going to wait in the bed for a couple of minutes, will then move into the operating room. It then takes 30 minutes. Yes. Then you come out of the operating room, you're going to be in the recovery bay, where they're going to make sure you're now completely awake. Then they will call the ward. The staff will have to come and fetch you. And by the time the doors open again, could easily be another 20 minutes or 30 minutes.
2: Yes. It's important to understand. Usually my cue to parents is when you see me speaking to you after the surgery, you know the operative phase of the surgery is complete. And then your child is now going to be woken up in theater. And that may take a certain amount of time and eventually go into the recovery room where even there, there's a protocol that we follow before that child is asked, okay, you're well enough, you're awake enough, and you can now be returned uh, to the ward.
0: Okay, so we'll leave it there then. We'll still have a conversation about what's going to happen post-operatively. But for now, Ishmael, that was really informative. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. So everybody, if your children have allowed you to, thanks for listening.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening. If you found this of value, please be sure to sign up to our email list at www.care4kids.co.za and that's the numeral 4. And subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Facebook. At two pizza a podcast. At two pizza in a podcast. TWO, not the numerical two. This is our disclaimer. The information we have given you in this podcast is our own personal, professional opinion. We're giving it to you for your own information. Please don't use it to treat yourself or to treat anybody else. Rather, go and see your own medical healthcare provider and follow their advice.